Welcome to the Intersection Magazine podcast. This week, our guest is Jola Humza, the CEO of Flyhub. Uh, it's a Stanbic uh, project. They're located in uh, Lower Colonel Terrace. We're going to be discussing uh, Stanbic's role in the innovation ecosystem. And just a bit of a side note, uh, Stanbic has been involved in the ecosystem through competitions, through projects and partnerships with various partners whether they be other businesses or uh, NGOs. And um, they've done quite a lot of extensive work uh, in building the ecosystem through, as I said, competitions. And um, we thought that it would be really good to, uh, to visit them and see what they're doing and maybe interview the CEO, just find out a little bit more about their approach, what makes that approach unique, and what uh, opportunities exist for the future. So we hope you enjoy this uh, episode. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Joel, for uh, allowing to have this podcast with us. Uh, please tell us a little bit about Flyhub and what you guys are doing um, in this space. Okay, uh, thank you, Nicholas, for making the time and uh, giving me the opportunity. So, like you said, my name is Joel Mohomza. I'm the CEO of Flyhub. Uh, Flyhub is the ambitious uh, development under Stanbic Holdings, um, a way for us to get into the digital economy space. Um, and really what our task is, is we build digital solutions. Uh, we're building these digital solutions as part of the digital transformation initiative that the group has. So we're not just doing it by ourselves, we're doing it in partnership with different innovators, fintechs and providers in the market. Because we felt um, just having competitions, just having you know, one-off events wasn't enough. We wanted to show that there is a commitment uh, as a group for us to actually invest in technology and use it to be able to enhance the services that our customers receive and to service the sectors that we've not been able to penetrate into as deeply as we want to because of uh, lack of a focus of uh, us in uh, technology. So yeah, that's what we do. Okay. Um, from the little research I've done, what, you do, what you're doing uh, is unique uh, in the sense that you're not only providing financial services and, and banking uh, like others are doing. Tell us a little bit more about what makes uh, Flyhub unique. What's why is this? Uh, you said that the only similar thing is going going on in Nigeria, but you're you're kind of being. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, as a banking group, obviously technology has been quite um, important. Uh, mobile banking um, is you know one of the biggest moves that the bank has made um, of recent. You'll find that most of our customers uh, access us either through agency banking or through our mobile banking applications. But um, along the way, the the decision to make a holding company structure, which was initiated by, at uh, the time, the CEO of the bank, uh, Patrick Muhiri, was an effort to look beyond banking. Given that we're a banking group, um, there are certain ways and certain limitations that we have because of security reasons that, you know, the bank can't engage in, for example, real estate services. Okay. Uh, but we do have a large portfolio of properties and we do help with valuation. So that's where the properties uh, subsidiary was created. Okay. Then wealth management in terms of uh, SPG that came out of our capital markets um, was a way to democratize wealth management and wealth creation. The two subsidiaries which sit here at Kololo, which are the incubator mm -hmm. and uh, Flyhub, are premised on working with uh, businesses in the uh, ecosystem. Okay. So the incubator uh, works primarily to provide capacity support Initially, it was created for those that are trying to get into the oil and gas pipeline, mm -hmm. uh, local content. So it's helping them get registered, understand how they should 
bid for projects, how they can arrange their HR, you name it. So it's a, you know, a not-for-profit service. Okay. We, on the other hand, uh, are created as a technology subsidiary. Why? Not just providing financial services, because the bank already has FlexiPay that provides uh, mobile banking and mm. mobile mm. Um, uh, MSME support. It also has the ability for you to um, transfer money across your different wallets. You've got banking online. You've got multiple products that have already been created within the bank for financial services. Mm. We are focused on the technology side. Okay. So, for instance, where your data is going to be hosted, um, how you can automate your everyday repeatable services, okay. and even the digital platforms that you want. Okay. So the way we link back to the bank is after we've built you a platform, mm. through APIs we can connect you back so that you have payment rails that the bank is utilizing. Okay. We can send your data back you know, with your consent for the bank to be able to provide you with uh, an analysis and be able to offer you financial services. Okay. So it's a way for, we call it the beyond banking growth. Beyond so we are going beyond banking in terms of we want to look at wealth management and investment, how do people manage their wealth. We're looking at properties, where do people have their physical locations managed. Okay. We have the incubator that's enhancing uh, business support. And then we exist as sort of the technology subsidiary to help build solutions for. Uh, we're targeting mostly um, medium-sized enterprises okay. are those that are ready to do some kind of investment in technology mm -hmm. but probably don't know what tools they should use how they should approach it okay. so provide that consultancy but then we also have a cloud-based initiative where we're helping you to you know store and host your platforms and services and help you enhance uh, your way towards getting into a relationship with the group the last thing i'll say is we're partnering with different uh, companies, different fintechs, because we can't do everything ourselves. Okay. So if there is an issue that needs to be resolved by one of our clients or by the bank, we are primarily the people that would partner with someone who has a solution, mm. test it out uh, outside of the bank, and then okay. give a recommendation on how the bank could partner with them. Yeah. Okay. Now, in your digital finance and technology solutions section, you talked about the automation of work and then the leveraging of data. Tell us a little bit more about this. Why is this so important? Mm. So um, I think the, I'll start with the automation piece. Yes. Um, the amount of uh, loss that we see, at least mm -hmm. from the businesses that we support, mm -hmm. uh, that are result of human error, okay. or uh, as a result of nefarious actions is quite high. Mm -hmm. So we look at that as loss that could be um, reduced because the process is repeatable, it's uh, mappable, mm -hmm. and so we'll apply uh, robotic process automation. Okay. By that I don't mean we're going to be having physical robots, but uh, <laughs> it's just software bots that can repeat um, the way you move data from one source to another, the way you uh, execute certain actions, and then have a human being at the end either verify what's happening or not. Okay. So there we're maximizing on how you can reduce loss that happens end-to-end -end, either mm -hmm. in your supply chain or in your business processes. Okay. It gives line of sight also to where you might be having inadequacies. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece around automation is it makes it such that uh, the turnaround time mm -hmm. for a lot of the work that people do mm -hmm. um, will be much easier. Okay. Uh, a lot of digital transformation can happen on the front end, just mm. the front face, but in the back end, if their paper is still moving around, mm. what the customer experiences is quite uh, frustrating because it's limited to what human beings are doing. And then internally, it means people are freed up to do a little bit more higher order work, yes. to think about creative ways in which they can service the customer. 
when it comes to the data piece, for us, that's the most important part. Okay. Because um, in Africa, at least in East Africa, as we see it right now, mm. uh, we don't have very um, comprehensive understandings of who people are in terms of their data profile. Okay. We probably have some mobile money information, some bank information, mm. but you know we're not as well connected, so we can be able to say, I can build this profile and have a risk rating for this individual. Mm. That's part of why our credit is so expensive here. Okay. Okay. So our goal is to try and make that data that we can get once it's hosted in our environment, mm -hmm. something that can be relayed back to the bank so that they can give you services at a lower cost because they know you. Okay. Uh, we feel that with everything becoming digital, especially since COVID, mm -hmm. there's a lot of info that's being collected. A lot of uh, enterprises have uh, data lakes, so they have uh, you know, a server where they dump all their info, mm -hmm. but it's not well sorted through. Okay. And we think data is not just used for reporting, it's useful for decision making, yes. so for proactive decision making. So that's where we're trying to get into. The mm -hmm. big AI boom has uh, started already, and yes. it's something that we are quite invested in, in how to make um, the access to data and the ability for you to utilize that data to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. um, those are some of the tools that we've begun uh, working on and incubating. Okay, do you see any limitations in terms or restrictions in terms of uh, European law with GDPR? How do you deal with that? Mm. Data protection laws in the U UK or the U uh, Europe in general? So I think the, the benefit that we have is as a group, we pegged ourselves towards the GDPR. So okay. because we, uh, as the largest bank uh, in terms of assets in, uh, in Africa, mm. we are constantly dealing with people from the UK or the US, or we have partners that are doing cross-national uh, transactions. So the way we protect that data is baked into our policies. So okay. we already anticipated how we will obtain consent, okay. how we will be able to track users that come into our platforms. I think what's more interesting for me mm. is how we can do cross-selling or how we can do um, offers to clients without bombarding them. Okay. Right now on uh, people's mobile phones, they have so much that's trying to grab for their attention. Mm -hmm. And the way we do it is that we have to have principled uh, communication. So. Uh, you won't have an instance where FlyHub is reaching out to you at the same time uh, the incubator is reaching out to you and at uh, the same time SPG. Mm -hmm. So we're quite methodical in the way we approach it. It's a okay. bit frustrating as opposed to if we're just a single company that could just blast. Mm -hmm. But I think we just have to be smarter. It's not something that we want to turn off customers by. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then in your, in our, I noticed in the section of talking about what uh, generally you do, you mentioned four things. Digital platforms, cloud services. Yep. Apply data science and then robotic process automation. Yes. You've talked briefly about automation, but just kind of highlight some of the other areas first so we can know a little bit more mm. about what you do. Right. Um, so, cloud hosting, we um, have an enterprise uh, relationship with the Amazon Web Services. So, we're mm -hmm. utilizing um, you know, the fact that they have um, servers located all over the world. Yes. We're able to scale up or scale down services that we offer in terms of a managed service mm -hmm. for different. Um, clients, including some that are in the bank and some that are external in the market. So mm -hmm. really what we're doing is allowing you to focus on your business while we manage that platform for you. We're okay. able to host it and then uh, you know, we get paid a rate for being able to make sure your data is secure, the platform is available and applications have been connected towards it. Okay. Um, when I go to uh, the platform development itself, the reason we're looking at platforms is uh, platform economy is quite big. Okay. What we found is as a bank, we I'll take Uganda for, for example. Mm. We are plugged into so many ecosystems. Okay. So if we only come in at the financing bit, mm. either we're coming in at the tail end or at the beginning of an investment. Mm. But we see that there are so many other auxiliary services, there are so many things on the you know, periphery, on the boundaries okay. that we could get into. So by a platform, we're trying to um, uh, in, 
encourage network effects. Okay. So what we mean by that is not only just the buyer and the seller, but also the support services that come into it, the ability for third parties to be able to interact and get on board, mm. for other service providers to get on. So it's, you know, we're betting on a long-term view for us okay. to become platform enablers mm -hmm. and then just, you know, sort of help um, you as a business maybe either attract the right kind of customers or the right kind of suppliers. Mm. Uh, by that, I think we're also uh, be remiss to mention the sectors that we're trying to look into. Okay. Obviously, financial services that we're in, uh, we're looking at health, we're looking mm. at real estate, mm. um, we're also looking at uh, the oil and gas sector because those are areas that really need um, quite a bit of intervention. Mm. You'll notice that um, what we're trying to do is difficult, mm. <laughs> it's not an easy thing, mm. but I think that's why the ambition of FlyHub is in okay. terms of as a bank, what are we giving back and how are we plowing uh, towards a new digital economy. Then uh, I think lastly, I think the data piece, which I didn't uh, go into yes. a lot. Our ultimate goal is to be a, a centralized data hub that is able for, able to allow you as mm. an individual, as a business, to be able to say, hey, I'm interacting with all these enterprises. Mm. I need to know where my data is from all of them. So if we had APIs that could allow you to be able to call your information from government, call the mm. information from the bank, mm. and bundle it together such that you can send it, say, to an embassy if you're traveling, or you can send it to an employer if they need it. Yes. Uh, I think the democratization of data is the next step. Mm. And right now, uh, as East Africa, we have gotten onto the rails, we've gotten digital payment rails, we've gotten digital services, mm. but the data pieces, the enhancement that you can do with data is the piece that's waiting for. So it's our bet uh, for the future. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed you have quite an interesting team that's handling your tasks as at FlyHub. Tell us a little bit about what informed um, uh, your hiring and what kind of skills are you looking for? What uh, do potential hires, uh, what should they be focusing on if they want to maybe work with you? Are there any opportunities for partnership? Things of that nature. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think the, the team we're looking for, I would say, uh, I put them into three categories. One is the uh, character. Okay. So in terms of character, really you're coming to work <laughs> at a startup. Mm. Uh, we are still a startup, even though we're part of an established entity. Mm -hmm. It can be a little bit confusing because there's the big brand, there's the big um, yeah. shield, mm. but there's a reason we have the name FlyHub. It's because we have to have the ability to be agile, to uh, discard bad ideas, to work on a meritocracy, mm. and also to own uh, the excellence that we want to appear with. Mm. There's a bit of a comfort you have when you're part of an established brand to know there are structures that already exist. Mm. Here, the team is creating those structures. So mm. that's the, the way I was able to uh, pull this team together, looking at that hunger for someone to be able to create something mm. and plant trees under whose shade they may not be able to sit, but other people will be able to. The second I'll look at is the technical skills. So depending on uh, what role you're doing, we have three teams. We mm. have the architecture team. So okay. that team is focused on uh, making sure the cloud environment is secure, making sure that our APIs are working correctly, uh, that our network is uh, up and running. Mm. Uh, that's also where the data team sits because they have to make sure the data link is working correctly. Okay. Um, we're expanding towards getting experts in machine learning and those who are you know, sort of senior data scientists. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have those technical skills, that's um, the right uh, you know, type of team that you'll be into if you have those kinds of skills. Mm -hmm. We've got the dev team, so okay. that's uh, primarily cloud developers. So they build uh, primarily also with Java, where we're a Java-based uh, 
improved, but we use all kinds of different tools and uh, languages. Mm -hmm. uh, our goal is to be able to build something that can go straight up into the, uh, the cloud, but we can also build on-prem. Mm -hmm. So cloud developers, really someone who has an AWS certification or someone who has an Azure certification, mm -hmm. uh, I don't mean just people being familiar with it. A lot of people are familiar, <laughs> but yeah. even I can talk about these things, but if you <laughs> ask me to code and then transfer a platform, it might be something else. Mm -hmm. The last part of the team is the product team. Okay. So there we're looking at people who have an eye for human-centered design. We're mm. really focused on that approach. Um, we apply you know, rigorous scrums, which we're always taking it back to the customer. And then we take big leaps in terms of first solve a problem, mm -hmm. uh, create some artifacts around it, create some prototypes, and then be able to build. Now, um, the other labs and the other innovation centers have a large team of uh, product managers and usually outsource things to um, uh, other companies. Mm. We do partnerships, so what we're looking for are partners who are able to do data analysis, people who are able to do uh, cloud support services, and people who are able to do um, software development. Okay. So once we have that, we are able to take you on board, we're able to uh, you know, look at your rates, and should we have a project where we think we can co-create or create something, mm. we'll be able to um, subcontract that out to you. Okay. The third piece, I've talked about character, I've talked about the skill sets, I think the third piece is just um, an ambition for this country. Mm. Um, I'm not going to make someone sing the national anthem, but <laughs> you know, I think um, part of why we're here, and why it's going to be difficult, mm. is we're trying to do something that is not easily accessible. Everyone has an idea of digital transformation, mm -hmm. but you know, to be the spear of it, to actually do something that no one else has seen before, it's mm. going to be quite rigorous. So. I think that comes from out of a love of making an impact. So uh, I usually ask people, what's your story and how does our story link up with yours? Okay. So if you know, someone has all of that, uh, the website will always have up-to-date uh, demands for what we're looking for. Okay. Um, then I also noticed that uh, um, we talked about uh, some of the challenges that Uganda faces. Mm. Um, what, do you, what proposals do you have for the idea that we have 70% uh, of our population under an informal uh, economy? Uh, and then, um, you know, what opportunities, what opportunities exist in that space? Yeah, so I think we'd be remiss if we only are looking at people in Kampala, if we're looking at people who are salaried. It's much easier, the models that exist in the world, um, you know, can show you how you're making traction there. Mm. The reason I think that the um, informal sector is important is uh, from just working with the incubator, what I find is that um, they have an intuitive sense of how business should flow. Mm. It's just that they can't prove it. Okay. So uh, in, in banking speak, it's, it doesn't matter what you know, it, knows what, it matters what you can prove. Mm. And so some of the hurdles there around maybe a fear of getting on the you know, list for URA where someone's going to come and you know, tax you mm. uh, really exorbitantly, or you feel that um, you know, it's, a, it's an expensive investment for you to have to get into technology. Mm. How we're trying to go around it is the way mobile money has tried to have a pull factor. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest things they did was make it easier for payments to go towards uh, things like utilities, for mm. you to be able to pay taxes, mm -hmm. and so that's a sticky point. Mm. Um, with FlexiPay, for instance, which has been created for the bank as a mobile uh, banking app, it's, it's, it's sort of like a switch where you can move money from one wallet to another, from multiple wallets to others, mm. but you will eventually be able to get credit, you'll be able to get uh, your business um, with an overdraft. Okay. So those are some of the ways I think we bring uh, uh, the informal sector in. Mm. The other for me is, if I'm to be quite uh, frank with you, is the humility to be able to speak to these businesses. Okay. So for the last 18 months, we've been doing what we call a business digitization scan. Mm -hmm. So trying to find what are the tools that are actually being used. Are people using 
WhatsApp for business? Are people using Facebook? Why are they using Facebook? If people are using Odoo, if people are using Market Force, why are they using those things? What's attracting mm. them there? Mm. And then seeing where they are, being able to say, well, what enhancement can we put on top of it? Okay. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I don't think it makes sense for us to reinvent the wheel mm -hmm. just finding where people already are mm -hmm. and then sort of tipping them to the edge okay. so that's what we're interested in that's why i think partnerships are big um, partnerships with the likes of say Jumia, partnerships with the uh, safe border because they are already you know, mm. sort of tapping into a certain segment of the community that uh, banks just haven't been able to to reach so that's okay. those are, those are the, some of the, the mission statements for myself and where i think we should go to solve that problem okay um, then a, a little bit about uh, uh, found out that you have a leaderships program. Then also about uh, uh, what you call the Fly Hub Toolbox. Mm, awesome. so tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, so the uh, leadership program was um, the first of its kind within uh, the group. We were just looking at, hey, we're starting out this uh, fintech. Uh, we want to, you know, go out there and get the best talent. And the temptation was to just get, you know, top of class, pay them a lot of money, and then get them going. So instead, we split up and said we'll get some seasoned uh, developers and engineers, mm -hmm. but also we'll hire about seven to eight uh, graduates. Mm -hmm. So these are people who came out of the factory, they've been trained on how they can apply their services, and then we assign them and then um, put them on leadership routes. Mm -hmm. That means that once their time with us is done, they're able to go out and be you know, a ready-made software developer, they're able to have impact. So this is a program that was quite successful. We're looking to restart it again this year mm. and looking to you know, get people who've uh, graduated from universities. Okay. The thing I would want to say is it's not only people from universities. Why we started with the factory is if you've got the skill set and you're able to deliver, mm. I mean, we will take you on. Okay. Um, the toolbox sessions are sort of our way of uh, opening up what we've learned in terms of going cloud, what we've learned in terms of software development, mm. how do you do Scrum. So usually in those engagements, we'll either call people from universities, people from medical industry, whatever the case may be, and say, well, what tools might make sense for you? Mm -hmm. Typically, it's what problem do you have? Mm -hmm. And then we unbox that. So our team members will walk them through you know, ways in which they could create free tools, utilize the tools that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, we also use it as a way for us to understand where people um, in these specific sectors. Okay. So that's what those toolbox sessions are. We tend to have them at least once a quarter. Mm -hmm. um, and out of that, that we had our recent um, launch of the um, master classes with um, the digital transformation masterclasses and digital uh, toolbox. Uh, if I'm to say something a little bit about that, yes, we've started looking at, at it as yeah, these toolboxes help with managers and executors, mm. but at the board level, at the executive level, mm. um, you need to get that approval if you're going to invest in digital technology, if you're going to go to data warehousing, whatever the case may be, mm. and we want to offer it at an executive level to say, how do you guide your business? How do you guide your managers? What metrics do you look at? Okay. So we want to address it at that point, and mm. given that stand, because within the Digital Transformation Initiative, mm. we're going to start at home, and then you know, go out to the different uh, executive boards that we think are going to be key. Okay. Um, I'm curious, uh, of course we had a uh, Two major crises in uh, globally. Mm. Uh, the first one was was to do with cryptocurrencies, the cryptocurrency exchange, and some bankman freed and FTX. Yeah. The second one is with um, Silicon Valley Bank. And I was doing a bit of uh, research in terms of finding financing for my startup, for example. Mm. And when I went to a certain site in the U.S., it asked me for um, uh, if I'm registered. I guess in uh, in Delaware, I think it's one of the. Mm. Cities where you can get uh, where you, you have to be registered to, to access funding, 
Um, what opportunities do you see, for example, for Stanbeck and uh, uh, for Stanbeck to uh, kind of get into the space where they're funding actual startups, where they're banking for startups, and what can we do to avoid uh, the pitfalls that maybe SVB has fallen into? <laughs> Some things need prayer. Uh, <laughs> well, let me let me talk about um, I think the journey that we're taking towards that kind of investment. You're very right. I think the fact that there isn't um, cheap and affordable capital, or you know, even impact capital that's available locally, means that um, you know local startups have to use. Uh, credit at rates that are you know quite difficult and could crush uh, a startup business. Mm -hmm. I think typically what we do is uh, deal with a lot of seasoned um, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But there have been some measures that the bank has taken in terms of uh, lowering cost of credit depending on the amount of information that they get. Okay. Now to um, your point around challenge funds, we hadn't been structured in such a way that we're able to you know create boot camps understand okay you know how do we know how to invest in a startup that's for instance in agriculture mm -hmm. or a startup in certain areas what we know is finance okay. so i think it's an admission of the fact that we don't know mm -hmm. the creation of the incubator and of fly hub mm -hmm. um, is aiming at getting that so one is from the incubator we're learning what these different businesses need okay. the digitization survey that we're doing is sort of understanding how do we group them according to sectors and according wow. to value mm -hmm. now the next step would be do we put money into a fund that already exists okay. or create our own fund. So that's mm. one of the strategic questions we have. Okay. Uh, it, it would not make sense to dilute it if, say, uh, NSSF's high innovator is doing well. Mm. Um, one of the successes that we've seen from there is most of the people that have come out of our standard incubator program that have gone there mm. have won. Mm. So we think, okay, there's a pipeline where the training is being done well here. Mm. The management of investment there looks quite good. Mm. Should we create our own or mm. should we have this become a pipeline? Yes. Um, there are also other uh, law firms. I know Potter's uh, Capital, for instance, has come to us and they're talking about creating a fund. Okay. Um, personally, as FlyHub, we're part of uh, FITSPA, the FinTech Association, okay. who are looking towards creating a fund. Mm. So when we look at it that way, we're saying, well, if we focus on the technology bits, if we have the training pieces, Mm. Let's say we've uh, invested this training in you up to a certain point and now we're handing you over uh, to these partners for you to get that funding and move further. Okay. Where we are interested in you <laughs> currently is that, yeah, you're running business, now let's partner. Mm. Let's co-create something. Let's mm. have IP together. Mm. So um, the challenge fund is still something that we are negotiating back and forth uh, mm. in a few countries uh, Stanbic has done it. Mm -hmm. In Uganda, we're still in the phase of we're creating the business acumen that can allow them to go to places where they are fund. So we are partnered up with the likes of Hive uh, Collab, the likes of uh, NSSF Innovator, mm -hmm. and even with the Innovation Village. So uh, we look at those as the guys who are focusing on the, the kinds of uh, funding that can go to startups where they have that expertise. Okay. It's something that we just didn't have in Thailand. Okay, excellent. Um, thank you so much for your time. We've covered quite a lot of areas. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about where we can find you, where, who, you know, give us your contact details. <laughs> so, um, for myself, you can always go to um, uh, the, the website, uh, which is FlyHub uh, Uganda. Uh, personally, you know, my LinkedIn is available. You can always write a message to me. Um, uh, just look for Joel Mohomza. I also am on uh, Twitter, on um, you know, most social media. So. I try to be as responsive as possible. Um, most of the time, if you just say that you're working, writing to me about work, um, I'll be able to respond in a timely manner. Okay, thank you very much. We hope to talk to you soon with, if you have any new developments. Uh, once again, thank you very much. <laughs>